minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Thursday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Da 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 da
on a Kansas farm where corn and soybean grow. How my family came to be there's something no one seemed to know. I played quarterback in high school and my mom baked apple pie. Each year we fly the stars and stripes on the fourth day of July. My folks never said much to be doing chores today. Then again, from time to time, God bless the USA. I grew into a man with my own complicated life. And asked a girl from down the road, Caroline, to be my wife. I was a country boy, living the all-American dream. Hard at work, drinking hard, not much in between. Never gave much thought to matters of the spirit or the soul. But one night in the attic, in an old and dusty crate, I found great grandpa's diary till dawn I read it straight. Turns out he fled from Russia back in 1893. The oldest child, to my surprise, of a Jewish family. Showed it to my parents, they said, son, yes, it's true. But it's just ancient history, don't let it trouble you. First thing Rick Grandpappy did when he set foot on this land was say I pledge allegiance to good old Uncle Sam. I was a country boy, living the all-American dream. Hard at work, drinking hard, not much in between. Never gave much thought to matters of the spirit or the soul. But I was more than taken back, my thoughts out of control. And I said I've got to know more, put my wedding plans on hold. So I drove up to the city, told the rabbi what I knew. He said, please let me teach you what it means to be a Jew. Day after day he challenged me Come home, I know you can He seemed so sad when I said I can't change the way I am Mere coincidence 
When I went to get new plates down at the DMV, the license plate they gave me read GE2613.
J.M. in the A.M. Boy, oh boy, very popular song, even when it's not Hanukkah time, it seems it's a very popular song, especially among the youthful folks in our <coughs> in our community. Daddy Come Home, that's Yeshiva Boys Choir. Journeys had Country Boy. You heard Avat Yisrael, done by the Wise Studs, Diaspora, and Einan Achnu. Chaim David, with all the amazing selections he's released, that one for some reason just lives on and on like crazy. The Nigun Ratzova Shove, his big Nigun, off of Grateful and Alive. And Regesh Modani opening things up, and we say good morning. It's Thursday, May 2nd, the 22nd of uh, ER, the year 5773. Uh, Tufshin. Ayan Gimel. Today is day 37 in the counting of the Omer. 3-7. Wow, I can't believe it's already day 37. <laughs> that means Pesach ended around a month ago? Incredible. Uh, day 37, if you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. 47 degrees, 80, <coughs> 87% humidity, winds are north, 2 miles an hour. Sunny today with a high of 72. Who can complain about that? Tonight, just at night and early in the morning, it seems like the winter weather has not gone away. It's unbelievable. This hasn't turned yet. We're, we're all day and all night, it seems like, uh, you know, we're in the spring. Anyway, mostly clear tonight, low 52. Sunshine tomorrow, high temperature, 63 degrees. Yerushalayim is at 82. Tel Aviv at 75. Haifa at 84. And a lot at 97 degrees. Here in Jersey City, we're at 47 on a uh, Thursday morning. Here at JM in the AM. Um, got a, a couple of great guests this morning coming into our studio. Tom Steinberg is uh, founder of Ma'or, and they have a big event coming up at MetLife Stadium happening on uh, Mother's Day, actually. We'll talk about that coming up here at JM in the AM. And in our uh, 8 o'clock hour, in the third hour this morning, D.A. Charles Hines, Brooklyn, New York, will be visiting us. Got a brand new initiative to speak about, and he'll be uh, joining us this morning here at JM and AM. 25 minutes before 7 o'clock. Don't forget tomorrow, our weekly update. Malcolm Honline will join us, and we'll discuss the events of the last couple of weeks. Don't forget, next week we are live from Jerusalem, anticipating a, a wonderful trip. The um, shows that we're going to be doing include our friends from Crib Efrat, our friends from Amuna, our friends from uh, Ormeyer Bracha. And our friends at Beit Road on Wednesday, Yom Yerushalayim, Beit Road, Northeast Jerusalem, the scene of one of the great accomplishments of the amazing accomplishment and miracle of the Six-Day War of 1967. That's where we will be on a Wednesday morning uh, broadcasting for uh, everybody on a Yom Yerushalayim extra special edition from Jerusalem. So that's happening on Wednesday, of course, Yom Yerushalayim right here at JM in the AM. Thursday morning broadcast at 24 minutes before 7 o'clock, and uh, this comes from Pure Soul.
Great music. Unbelievable. Uh, Miami with Me'im Hashem off the Yavo CD. Oad had Mashkimim. Yehuda Green, a song that uh, <laughs> continues to dominate its simchas everywhere. Hashivenu. Uh, Esa Enai done by Dove Hendler and Pure Soul had Est Semach here at JM in the AM. Thursday morning, day 37 in the counting of the Omer. I forgot to count last night. Make sure to do so sometime today. Sunshine today with a high temperature of 72. We're at 47 right now here at JM in the AM. Keep in mind our Facebook update page, Jewish Radio World with Nachum Siegel. If you've never liked the page, make sure to do so. Jewish Radio World with Nachum Siegel. On Twitter, you have your choice, at uh, Toll Jewish Radio or, or I should say and, at Nachum Siegel Net. You can uh, use either of those. Malcolm Honline tomorrow as we do our weekly update, 7.40 tomorrow morning here at JM and the AM. Album of the Week at 9 o'clock this morning, Eastern Time, right after JM and the AM. Album of the Week. You'll be hearing a double dose of Safam. Kudos to uh, Mark Zamek for this. Safam Encore and Safam On Track. Both between 9 and 10 this morning, Eastern Time, on our stream at JM and the AM. Org. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Around the world on the web, jmtheaim.org. News from Israel is next. Tom Steinberg of Ma'ar is going to join us. They have a big event coming up. D.A. Charles Hines of Brooklyn is scheduled for the 8 o'clock hour. He'll be joining us. Big Thursday on jmtheaim.org. Lots of amazing shows and great programming. Make sure to stick with us all day long on the stream at jmnam.org. Galaitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next at jmnam. Galaitzal, Shashtayim, Kan Shibel Karmi Mansur, Imashakore Achshav. Deri Oishai, Rega Achraa, Beshas Mitkarev, Rav Ovadia Yosef, Kehola Nirek, Varechelit, Nye Yoshev Rosha Tenua, Yer Sherki Josef. אחרי חודשים ארוכים של מאבקים בצמרת בין דרי וישי, מחירים במפלגה אומרים כי ביומיים הקרובים יכריז המנהיג הרוחני של שס על זהות היושב ראש. על פי המסתמן, המנצח הגדול הוא אריה דרי, שיקבל את המושכות לידיו, אך גורמים בשס מדברים על פרס ניחומי משמעותי שיינתן ליושב ראש היוצא אלי ישי. ליברמן על ספסל הנאשמים, סגן שר החוץ לשעבר דני איילון מתייצב בצהריים מול פרקליטו של ליברמן ויינרוט. תהליך הסקלי מעדכנת מבית המשפט. אתה מגן על ליברמן כמו שאני עשיתי במשך ארבע שנים, התייח סגן שר החוץ לשעבר איילון בעורך הדין יעקב ויינרוט המייצג את ליברמן. כעת בחקירה הנגדית מנסה ויינרוט לערער את אמינותו של איילון ומציג מספר קטעי עיתונות שבהם מותח איילון ביקורת על ליברמן בניגוד לרעיונות שלו בזמן שהיה בתפקיד, שם שיבח את שר החוץ לשעבר. עד כאן מבית המשפט. עדות נוספת בפרשת עמנואל רוזן, מנכ"ל חברת החדשות של ערוץ 2, אבי וייס, מסר עדות במשטרה. אתמול העיד גם העיתונאי גדי סוקניק, שעבד עם רוזן במשך שנים. כתבתנו אלי הוכנברג מזכירה כי השבוע נפתחה בדיקה במשטרה על רקע טענותיהן של נשים שעבדו לאורך השנים במחיצתו של רוזן, לפיהן הוא נהג להטרידן. בסופה של הבדיקה יוחלט האם לפתוח נגדו בחקירה פלילית. מצבו הרפואי של האזרח הישראלי שחצה אתמול את הגבול ללבנון מוגדר טוב והוא עשוי לשוב ארצה בעוד כמה ימים. גיא ורון עוקב. נציגי הוועד הבינלאומי של הצלב האדום נפגשו לפני הצהריים בלבנון עם האזרח הישראלי שחצה אתמול את גדר הגבול. 
על פי הדיווח שלהם, האזרח סיימון סעדתי במצב טוב, אך טרם ברור מתי יתאפשר להחזירו. ההערכה היא שזה עשוי לקחת עוד מספר ימים. סכסוך אישי בין עובדים בבית הקפה הוביל לניסיון הרעלה. צעיר בן 20 נעצר בחשד שהחדיר חומר מסיר שומנים לסלט של צעירה שעבדה עמו בסניף ארומה בגבעת שמואל. אתמול הוא נעצר והיום הובא לבית משפט השלום בתל אביב, שם טען כי עשה זאת בתום לב. ולסיום, חודשיים לפני ההופעה בתל אביב, אזלו הכרטיסים. לא, לא מדובר הפעם בכוורת, אלא בכוכבת האמריקנית אלישיה קיז. כתבנו רועי לוינגר מוסר כי לקיז, יוצרת וזמרת מוזיקת הפופ והנשמה מארצות הברית, 14 פרסי גרמי. אלה החדשות שעורך עומר בן רובי.
in the AM, Shua Kessin, amazing selection that uh, hits a, makes a big impact out there whenever we play it, let's put it that way. A lot of folks in difficult situations uh, health-wise. Rafur Shlema done by Shua Kessin off of the CD entitled Lowly Hit Ya Eish here at JM in the AM. Benny Friedman before that, <clears throat> Benny Friedman's Yesh Tikva, opening up the 7 o'clock hour. 16 minutes after 7, JM and the AM on day 37 in the counting of the Omer. Make sure to stay with our stream all day long at jmandtheam.org. Amazing programming. Great shows all day long, including Album of the Week, which is a double dose this morning after JM and the AM ends. Mark Zamek has brilliantly chosen Safam Encore and Safam On Track. Uh, to fill the album of the week slot on our stream at jmnam.org. I'll be doing a live lunch starting at 12 noon Eastern time. And I want to hear today from all my friends around the world. Israel, England, we, are, we heard a lot from England this week, a lot. <laughs> Between Henry Stimler's visit here and all his friends who were listening and a bunch of other stuff that was going on, we heard a lot from England this week. I want to hear today during the live lunch from people who are tuned in around the world. Make sure to use our email address, our Facebook update page, and uh, be in touch. Plus, great programming after that all through the day and night, and uh, make sure to keep it on jmam.org the entire time. Next week from Israel, we will include visits to our friends at Kribefrat, uh, Emuna, 
our mayor Ubracha, where we finally will get there after uh, Bezrat Hashem. Everything should be well. We'll finally get there after a couple of times that we were scheduled to broadcast from there. And on Wednesday, Yom Yerushalayim from Beit Road. where more fitting could we possibly broadcast from on Yom Yerushalayim than Beit Road? Shlomo Zwickler, of course, will be hosting us as we uh, go through the amazing memories of the Six-Day War from one of the key spots of uh, 1967. And that'll be Wednesday, of course, Yom Yerushalayim, with very special guests who will all be converging on Beit Road that day. Uh, right here at JM in the AM. 17 minutes after the hour, Tom Steinberg's going to join us, and much more coming up, including D.A. Hines next hour, if you keep it at JM in the AM.
Jesse Green, off of his uh, amazing hip 
CD, as he calls it, with uh, Shades of Dance. Well, that's Shirley Williger and Sameach here at JMNAM. Reminder, we have an amazing day of programming on the stream all day long here at JMNAM.org. It's one of the benefits of uh, being one of our incredible listeners, and Thursday especially, it's a big benefit. Uh, coming up between 9 and 10 this morning on the stream at JMNAM.org, our album of the week, Mark Zomik has chosen a double dose of Safam. Coming up at 12 noon, I'll be hosting our live lunch, and I will be openly soliciting some of our friends from London, England to call in. They have had quite a role in this week's programming, and I've been in touch a lot. I'm going to see if I can get one of them on the air during our live lunch today. Uh, Miriam Al-Wallach is going to be hosting the uh, That's Life program between 2 and 3. Rocky Shorts will be her guest, and they're going to share information about a project where people are restoring Sifrei Torah for the Israel Defense Forces. That is coming up uh, later on uh, today between 2 and and 3 p.m. And, of course, uh, Michael Fragan and Charlie Harari and Avrami sitting in for Randy and uh, Mayor Fertig hosting the stunt show. A whole bunch of great programming on the stream all day long. Check out our schedule. Go to jmnam.org. You will see it as the top news story in our news section. Sunshine today with a high temperature of 72. We're at 47 right now. Day 37 in the counting of the Omer. That's right. Day number 37 in the counting of the Omer. If you forgot to count last night, Make sure to do so sometime today. Tom Steinberg, one of the founders of Ma'ar, in our studio. We will speak with him coming up. They have a, a wonderful event coming up at MetLife Stadium later in May. We will discuss that here at JMNAM. And the DA of Brooklyn, Charles Hines, expected later in this show, right here at JMNAM. And a reminder, tomorrow our weekly update, Malcolm Honline will join me tomorrow as we go through the events of the past week, or really of the past couple of weeks, since we didn't speak on the air last week. Uh, we will do that tomorrow morning, 7.40 in the morning, right here at JM in the AM. Rabbi David Goldwasser said his words, Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We're going to be continuing with our series on Sphira. It says in Vayikra, Hashem says, You shall observe my decrees and laws, which man shall carry out, and by which he shall live. I am Hashem. Rashi points out that the Pasuk is referring to life in Olam Haba, the world to come. The conclusion of the Pasuk signifies Hashem's promise to give each individual his just reward. The Talmud tells us in Kedushan that there is no reward for mitzvahs and good deeds in this world. Schar mitzvah The payment for mitzvahs performed in this world is conferred in Olam Haba, as Rashi notes. However, the Talmud in Erevin expounds on the posuk that we have in Devarim, and he repays his enemies in his lifetime to make him perish. Hashem does reward his enemies for the mitzvahs and good deeds that they might have done in the world in order that they don't merit Olam Haba. The Chavetz Chaim comments that often when the Pasuk says, I am Hashem, Rashi invokes Hashem's fidelity to reward the individual in Olam Haba. He explains that it is Hashem's unique promise to us comparable to a document of indebtedness that will be executed personally by Hashem Himself. The Medrash Rabban Megillus Rus cites a similar concept. It says that in the past, a person would do a mitzvah and the Navi would record it for posterity. Now, Elioah Navi and Mashiach record the good deed. Then Hashem signs the confirmation. 
Obviously, when the king signs a proclamation to reward someone for his actions on behalf of the king, it would be impossible for the treasury of a small town to compensate him adequately. They simply don't have sufficient funds. The individual will have to travel to the capital city. He'll have to seek compensation from the king's royal treasure house. Similarly, the reward for one who fulfills the mitzvahs of Hashem is so great that it's impossible to pay him satisfactorily in this world. Even more, it's explained that a person's reward for doing a mitzvah is commensurate with the degree of honor and integrity that infuses its performance. The Russia, who may be compelled to do the mitzvah because of pressure or personal benefit, he's not motivated by reverence for Hashem, and therefore he can receive his reward in this world, for it's not incalculable. However, those who follow in Hashem's ways and do the mitzvahs with sincerity and good intentions, their reward is inestimable. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. J.M. and the A.M. on this Thursday morning broadcast. Again, a reminder, day 37 in the counting of the Omer. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. You don't want to forget at this point, folks, 37. Less than two weeks from Shavuos. Who wants to uh, miss out at this point? Ma'ar is going to be hosting an event at MetLife Stadium on May the 12th, and we'll go through the details of the event. But first, it would be appropriate if we would find out about the work of Ma'ar. M-E-O-R. In fact, you could search, or not search, you could actually visit ma'ar.org to get information about the organization and about the event. M-E-O-R. .org. We were introduced to Tom Steinberg, who uh, is, in fact, one of the founders of Ma'ar. And we get to discuss the organization and this uh, wonderful event here at JM in the AM. Mr. Steinberg, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you very much. It's it was, a pleasure to it, be here. I appreciate that. It was nice to find out that you, at one time, and you were when you were a New Jersey resident, you were a regular listener of this show, so I appreciate that. I was, and it's very <laughs> interesting to see the show from the inside out instead of the other way around. I hope it's impressive. Trust me. <laughs> I think sometimes it sounds better than it looks, but hey, that's for everybody else to evaluate. So... Um, we are told that Moar does amazing work on college campuses around the United States of America. And not to minimize, God forbid, anyone's contribution to the college campus, we do know that there are many different Jewish organizations that are doing great work out there. Tell us about the unique approach of Moar. You know, every American university campus has its own Jewish ecosystem. And that means that there are Hillel's and Chabad's and ULI and many different organizations that are performing different functions, and they're all important. The focus of Moor is really to bring the beauty of Torah education, particularly with access to the text, so that people who have never had the opportunity to really understand that Judaism offers such great wisdom, and that is accessible it, this is the focus of what we do. So, for example, while there are many Jewish activist organizations, there are social organizations, and there are organizations that bring young Jews together, our real focus is an educational one, and it's to show the beauty of the Torah and do that by involving people mm. primarily in the text. Right, so we laud those who are using uh, social atmosphere to uh, attract Jews to... Um, uh, to Judaism on the college campus and who use a ritual and uh, obviously, uh, you know, Shabbat and other occasions to do so. But in this case, it sounds more academic. Um, 
Yes. We do, of course, have Shabbos programming. We do have social activities. But what we want to do is make sure that young people, and it's amazing to really understand there are 400,000 uh, young Jews on American university campuses. The great majority of those are entirely unaffiliated. It's, uh, there's been a tremendous change over the last 30, 20, even the last 10 years where people have very, very little access or understanding about Judaism. Um, what we try to do is make sure that not only they understand that Judaism has wisdom, but that wisdom is relevant to their day-to-day living activities. So, for example, when people come to our rabbis and they say, I have this issue, I don't know how to handle the situation, I have an ethical dilemma, the rabbi, if properly trained, can say, you know, your issue may seem new to you, but it was actually addressed 2,000 years ago. And by the way, let's take a look. It's written right here. Here's your question in the Mishnah. The Mishnah has it here. Let's go and take a look at that. And the Mishnah seems to indicate this, but let's open up the question a little farther, and we can look in the Gomorrah. And the Gomorrah goes through an analysis, and, and young students are wowed at the sophistication that the Talmud brings to everyday issues that they face. And then, if they're particularly interested, they can go and look at the Roshonim. And the Roshonim are looking at these issues from many different facets, and it blows young people away. Well, they could explore these things academically. Absolutely. And then they make progress in the holy book, so to speak, right? Yes. We then want to make sure that it's not just an academic program, so that when we teach our introductory program, which involves approximately 90 hours of programming on campus, that half of the programming includes lectures by Rebbeim that take them through basic aspects of Judaism. But in addition, we bring in great guest speakers that are not rabbis, but people for whom Judaism is a key aspect of their life. you have an example of that? Sure, I'll give you a couple. Um, you could take somebody who uh, we're very fortunate to have on our advisory board, Renan Agus, mm. who runs uh, Goldman Sachs Global right. Fund. It's a multi-billion dollar international investment fund. And Renan is a graduate of Princeton and um, and is very, very sophisticated. And when he can come in and lecture and explain, this is why Judaism is key for me, and even though I have this extremely dynamic career that takes me all over the world, nevertheless, Judaism is key for my life. It's a time to be with my wife, to be with my family, to connect with a different part of myself. This is something that gives the ability and the energy and the focus and perspective to be able to be effective in one's job. So is Moar on campus a a formal academic situation, meaning, you know, every week at this time, a lecture series, special guest speakers, etc.? Is it is it more formal than what we're used to from other social environments on campus? There's multiple programs that we have. We're currently working on 21 campuses with 4,000 students. Now, our introductory program, the Moor Maimonides program, this year will involve approximately 1,000 students, and that's a very formalized program. It involves classes every week, 
It includes a certain number of Shabbatonim. It includes field trips to different communities. And it's set up with a very rigorous schedule. And students are required to keep an electronic journal <laughs> of everything that they learn about. And we record what they're involved with. And we see what are the questions they face. They may hear a lecture that said that Judaism purports this particular idea I don't understand that. That doesn't make mis- that doesn't make sense to me. So when we see that a student is struggling with a particular issue, then we electronically can respond or we can come in and speak with them so we know on a real-time basis what it is that they're what they're grappling with and then we try to follow up. Give me a campus that's been extremely successful. I'm not asking for the best, so we're not insulting anybody, but give me one that everybody on the Ma'or board would agree has been a great success so far. Well, I'm going to get in trouble because we have 21 campuses. <laughs> right, but I'm just asking for I, it, But you could say all 21 for, have been for great For all success. the more rab- rabbis that are out there, all 21 of them are the best. Right, but as an example, but you would as say. as an example, we would say the following. <laughs> Take the University of Pennsylvania. Okay, ooh. Big Jewish presence. Huge Jewish presence, right. over 3,500 students. Right. We've been there for from the beginning for mm-hmm. approximately seven years. This program, on a annual basis, is interacting with over 200 students on the campus. Under the leadership of Rabbi? Rabbi Shmuel Lin. Okay. But um, I would also be... Uh, by remiss by it's Rabbi Lin was the founder. But we have three we have three rabbis and their families right. that are on campus a, on campus wow. actively involved full time, hmm. and um, in addition to having approximately anywhere from fifty to seventy five students go through the initial program of introducing the funnel program that brings people in. There's a follow-up Maimonides 2 program. There's one-on-one learning. There are classes where people are taught uh, certain information that they can give over, and they're empowered to teach Torah to other people. At the University of Pennsylvania campus, they have a fabulous trip to Poland. Mm. That's one of the most powerful trips because people get to see Judaism in a way that they've never seen before. They never really made the connection to what was taking place in Eastern Europe. And when you get to study something from the, you know, from one of the Roshonim and you are they're in the place studying those materials. It's extremely powerful. Tom Steinberg is here. We're talking about Moor. We'll talk about the event coming up May 12th. Moor.org has the information. It's M-E-O-R.org slash event for the information. Uh, where did you spend your college years? I spent my college years at Yale University. Ah, we've heard of Yale. But. And there was a Jewish presence there, was there not? There, I heard that there was. <laughs> and I must tell you. You never came across it, huh? I never, as far as I know, I did not once do anything Jewish my entire college career. I never stepped into the Hillel, never went to the kosher kitchen. So it's funny, you were from the West Coast. I'm and you decided from, to go to Yale? I'm from Los Altos oh. Hills, California, the, the center, and right near the center. Silicon Valley. And I assume you went to high school in California. I did. I went to St. Robert College, uh, St. Robert Bellarmine College Preparatory. And then you head to Yale University in Connecticut. Right from a Jesuit school. I went to a school that was filled with Jews. And I remember my first week walking around that campus thinking, where did all these Jews come from? <laughs> That's Yale. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> it's not like overrun with the Jews, you know what I mean? And, uh, and there was no more or on campus when you were there. Unfortunately, <laughs> there was no more. Life might have been different did for me. Did your college experience come into your founding of Moor? Did you think back and say things would, in fact, have been different if an organization like this existed? I did not really have a Jewish consciousness at, all. At, at Yale. It was after Yale mm. that I became... Um, that I became more sensitive to things Jewish. Right. And uh, But I'm asking, in terms of founding the organization, do you think back and saying... Absolutely. Maybe this would have been Absolutely. different for people like if you. If there was a Moor right. on campus, then for me and for my friends, there would have been something that we could have connected to and said, aha, there's something that we want to check because out. Because there were a lot of academically inclined Jewish students in Yale in your era, right? Correct. <laughs> that's what I hear about the Ivy Leagues, <laughs> that well, those colleges have a lot of people that love the academics. Well, that's kind of the centerpiece of what we do, right. although we're on many, many um, public university campuses, right. including University of California at Berkeley and University of Maryland and at Binghamton and at Rutgers, we're on almost all of the Ivy campuses. We're at Harvard, right. Yale, Cornell. Well, Harvard, all kidding aside, even the non-Ivies that you mentioned all have academically inclined Jewish students in them, mm-hmm. so you're 100%. Uh, so uh, uh, although these journey tales can can take a while, is there a way to encapsulate for us how, in fact, your journey to more traditional Judaism uh, progressed? Absolutely. I, I decided after college and before going to graduate school that it would be a great experience to see the world. And I set out with a cousin, and we planned to go around the world. And at that point, uh, there was actually a airline ticket that you could purchase that involved 40 airlines. It cost $2,300. And you could have one year to travel on any air of these 40 airlines to go around the world. And we decided we were going to go around the world. And I promptly, promptly flew from... San Francisco to Honolulu to Hong Kong to Singapore and that's where my journey started in Asia and I spent a a very long time traveling through Asia including such places as Thailand and Burma and Nepal and India and being on the border of Laos and I got exposed to many many different cultures that opened up my eyes that there was a world beyond what I had seen in the Silicon Valley and what I had seen at Yale and it was very interesting unbelievable did any of those stops include Israel just out of curiosity yes so on that journey on that journey eventually got to Israel and uh, I of course when you go to Israel one of the first places you go is Jerusalem you go to the Kotel and there was the infamous Rabbi Mayor Schuster. Oh. And the life changer. <laughs> the life changer. I spent, he invited me to come to his home for Shabbos. I spent my first two Shabbases ever on a cot in the living room. Your of first Rabbi weekend Nathan. in Israel was with Rabbi Schuster? I believe so, yes. Holy cow. Yes. Anyhow, I, um, I started, he, he took me, he, he trotted me off to a class. The class was taught by Rabbi Tom Myers at Asha Torah, and uh, the class was in Perki Avos, and it was there that I was first introduced to a Judaism I had never heard of before. Unbelievable. Yeah. That is pretty remarkable. And uh, the journey continued from there, I guess. The journey continued. Eventually, I met a Rabbi Beryl Gershenfeld. Rabbi Gershenfeld himself, a Balchuva from Philadelphia, a man of extraordinary talent and capability and dynamism, just 
blew me away. The amount of wisdom that he had was fabulous. And um, that I'm compressing the story, <laughs> and it involved uh, mer- many interesting uh, conversations with my parents who were surprised and not enthralled with my desire to learn Torah. And it involved a, a certain set of situations where I tried to explain to them that I would prefer to go to something called a yeshiva than study at Stanford Business School, and that was a very difficult conversation. And did that happen? Were you in yeshiva instead of Stanford? Um the first round they prevailed, and off I went to Stanford Business School. But when I graduated from business school, I took a job or accepted a job at Goldman Sachs in the investment banking area. But I took a five-month break before I would start. And at that point, I went and I studied in Israel. And I studied with Rabbi Gershenfeld, and I loved it. And at the end of four months... When it was time to go start my job, I said to Rabbi Gershenfeld, you know, I really enjoy this learning Torah much more than I think I might enjoy working on Wall Street. What do you think if I stay and forget the job? He said, no. He said, it's not time for you to stay here, and I'll tell you why. He said, even if you wanted to stay in my yeshiva, I wouldn't allow you. And the reason is that you gave your word and accepted a job. You're expected to be there. And if you're going to learn, you have to do it in the right way at the right time. You go back, you work at Goldman as you committed yourself to do. We'll set you up with Chavrusos, with people you can go for Shabbos. And when the time is right, you'll come back and you'll come to Yeshiva and you'll learn with me. Unbelievable. That's a very level-headed decision from a... Rabbi. He's a very level-headed person, and he's guided thousands of young people, and it's amazing what we've seen him be able to accomplish. All right, got to move to the event for a moment. On Mother's Day, on Sunday, May 12th, Ma'or is going to be at MetLife Stadium. What an unusual place. We don't hear of too many Jewish organizational events taking place at MetLife Stadium. How do you explain this? <laughs> well, in my work with the Tisch family, one of the... Uh, one of the investments that I've been very involved with is the New York Giants, which, of course, are owned 50% by that family. Right. And I spent 12 years of my professional life conceptualizing, developing, and working on the construction of the stadium. It took 12 years. It took 12 years. It took four gov- New Jersey governors. It took a lot. It took $1.7 billion. It took cooperation with the New York Jets. Well, that's a very long and interesting story, but yes, it, the, the stadium, is, of the stadium, the stadium yeah. is jointly owned by the uh, Johnson family through the Jets, as well as the Tish and Mara families that, through the Giants. Right. And it's been a cooperative effort, and of course, that has cut the cost of building and financing the stadium for each of the teams in half. So it's been a very, very positive. Do you like the experience. final product? Well, I am <laughs> I am about as subjective as you get. <laughs> yes, we like it the looks final pretty product. Good, huh? It looks pretty good. It looks great on a on a football day. But I have to tell you that as I was working on this project, I had always hoped that all of this work would somehow get utilized in a way that might even sometimes be greater than seeing 300-pound athletes run around and tackle each other. And that's why the CM Hashas was such a spectacular experience to see that venue for such a special event. Well, I think anybody who was there would completely agree with you. 
I think the folks at the, our friends at the Aguda have uh, proclaimed that that's why the stadium was built for the Sia Mashas. Maybe a bit tongue in cheek, but I think somewhat seriously. I agree with them. And and we had the privilege of broadcasting that morning from the field. We were on the field at six a.m. that morning, broadcasting from the side of the Sia Mashas. It was one of the most uh, glorious days. In our history. So I thank you as the person responsible for MetLife Stadium. I can't take responsibility <laughs> for it, but it was a privilege to be involved. Now, on, on Sunday, May the 12th, Moor has this uh, amazing fundraiser and event at MetLife Stadium. It is, uh, it, uh, we should make everyone aware that it, uh, it, it takes a nice contribution to be part of this, right? Absolutely. And at 3 p.m., there'll be a family field day with a special NFL guest host. Have you had, you've had this event at MetLife Stadium in the we past? We have, right? and I should just mention that this year our special oh. NFL guest host will be Otis Anderson, oh. the MVP yeah. of the, uh, of the Super Bowl back in the early 90s. Right. And so he will be on the field. We were fortunate last year. We had David Tyree of the famous helmet catch of course. last year who was out there <laughs> scrimmaging. And, and it was very interesting for a lot of the younger Moor students to be out there trying to cover David Tyree <laughs> on the field. Not an easy feat. <laughs> I can only imagine. Sh- Even Anderson mm-hmm. at this point, you probably still can't catch. <laughs> I should also mention that on the field, people will be not only able but encouraged to run around we'll have field goal kicking contests we'll have scrimmages we'll have a lot of fun things for kids um and not to be intimidated but two years ago the university of maryland kicker on the football team was a moor student and we were stunned to see him kick a 61 year a 61 yard field goal um, we, we he he won the contest hands down. And I can imagine there are he, he was a ringer as they <laughs> say. There are there are athletes on these college campuses around the country who start for their teams who are more students. Well, we find that more students end up in all walks of life, and it's imagine. very interesting that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers actually have a fullback that's a more graduate from Stanford. Would I have heard of him? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but you never know. Depends how dedicated an NFL fan you are. So at 3 o'clock, family field day with the special NFL guest host that Tom Steinberg just mentioned. At 5 o'clock, cocktails and a silent auction. I'm sure there are great items available there, right? Uh, there'll be a stadium and locker room tour. So if you actually want to see the innards of MetLife Stadium, you get to. It's, and I hear the locker rooms are rather impressive. It's it's really interesting. There are 2.4 million square feet that goes into this facility, and there's a lot to see. But seeing the locker rooms, the training rooms, and what goes on and inside of the stadium is a very interesting thing to see. You mentioned the pre-dinner field goal kicking contest. At 6 o'clock, there'll be a dinner and live auction. Where does the actual dinner take place in that building? It'll take place in the Lexus Club. Which is uh, one of the many, many clubs that overlook the field, and um, and it's uh, it's one of the larger clubs that's actually in the stadium. It's All right, so there's plenty of room. We shouldn't worry. Not to worry, <laughs> and if we have overflow, there's eighty-two thousand seats. <laughs> that's true, <laughs> and more on the field if necessary. Right? right. Uh, dinner and live auction. There'll be a children's program, an award ceremony. And it wraps up with a dessert buffet all happening on Sunday, Mother's Day, May the 12th. And the moms shouldn't feel left out, right? They'll have a good time if they come. We have a whole program for moms. And uh, it should be known that not only all guests guests will get an NFL jersey if they (laughs) sign up in time that we can get them the jersey of their choice. Nice. But moms will, all moms and wives will get a corsage upon coming in. Nice. Husbands, listen closely. You have the opportunity 
to honor your wife and actually have her videoed on the field and that video to put up on some of the largest screens in the world. And we will have a diamond bar, which will be very interesting. There will be a 100 martini glasses with liquid in them. 99 of them will have zirconium. But one of those glasses will have a very valuable diamond in it for the right mother. So we will have a number of programs for mothers, including the opportunity to access uh, or uh, get massage packages and other things that we think that mothers will very much enjoy. I can hear all the ladies heading to the computer to log on and register right now. There you go. We're not worried about them being left out. We're worried that we're going to have an overflow for Mother's Day. Moor is at MetLife Stadium and its board of directors and the uh, and the uh, coordinators and chair people of the event invite you to be part of it. You can go to moor.org slash event, M-E-O-R.org slash event. It happens at MetLife Stadium on Sunday, May the 12th. You could also use the phone number at area code 212-957-9155, 212-957-9155. And I would assume that in the past this event has been quite a success. Yes, it has. It so. just grows and everybody has a good time. And you're anticipating that again, I am sure. You have... Uh, at Moar, and I noticed this on the website, which I'm trying to uh, uh, bring up here uh, for a moment. You have uh, what I consider to be a a fascinating expression or slogan for the organization: inspiring, educating, and empowering a new generation. It's clear that your mission and those who uh, serve with you uh, on the board uh, and the lay leadership it's it's clear that you don't you simply don't want to uh, attract people. Um, uh, to uh, come back to Judaism or to be part of the Jewish community, it looks like you're trying to form Jewish leadership to actually create people that will go out there and in their own walk of life, as you mentioned the rabbi uh, earlier with his words, in their own walk of life have a real influence. That is our focus, to create educated leaders for the next generation. And first we have to inspire people and make sure that they're excited about what's there. But to be a leader, you have to be educated and know how to use that wisdom. And then we want to instill in people a sense of responsibility. Now, the way that gets expressed goes many, many different directions. And we don't have a final goal that we're looking for for each student. But what's very interesting is many of our students end up becoming leaders not only in their shuls, in federations, right. in Jewish communities. And we also teach, through what we do, a love of Israel. And so it's very interesting. When I was last at the Herzliya Conference, which is the leading, really, convention of the economic, political, and military leaders in Israel, right. five different students came up to me at different times during the conference and said, Mr. Steinberg, do you remember me? I'm a Moor student from this campus, and I've come to study at the Herzliya Interdisciplinarian Center because I care about Israel. I want to be involved in diplomacy and helping this country internationally. I spend a lot of time in Israel. In fact, I live in Israel most of the time, and many times I've had people come up to me in uniform and say, Mr. Steinberg, do you remember me? I was on this campus at Moor. And now serving in the Army. And now, because of what I learned, I have a commitment. I wanted to be in the Israel Defense Forces. Does the organization continue to expand? Does the list of campuses continue to grow, or you do it very slowly? Well, we're on these 21 campuses, right. but we have been asked by representatives of 45 other universities 
to bring our programming to them. No wonder we need a successful fundraising <laughs> event. <laughs> you there's, got it. There's, but there's a lot of room to grow. There's a lot of room to grow. We're working with 4,000 students. Sound like a lot of students to work with. But there's a lot more. We have 396,000 others that we're not yet touching. All right. Go to moore.org. Even if you're not part of the event, you could certainly support the organization at any level, right? We encourage that. Absolutely. M-E-O-R.org. And on Mother's Day, May 12th at MetLife Stadium is that uh, a wonderful, fun event for the entire family that Tom Steinberg has described for us this morning. All the information is on the website. A pleasure meeting you this morning. I'm curious, before I let you go, did you know 12 years ago that uh, the Super Bowl would be in New Jersey if the stadium was built? Was that clear even at that time or not? Not a clue. No no idea. Not a it clue because happened. the NFL only chooses the the place that they're going to have right. the event normally three to four years in advance. But you knew a new stadium would give, give it more of a shot, I yes, guess. Yes, definitely. Right? And I do wish both your tenants good luck this year. I want to see both of them in this. Wouldn't that be amazing if both New York, New Jersey teams were in the Super Bowl I'm a little bit hesitant to say it, but I think I'm going to say amen. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Tom Steinberg, thank you so much. Good luck with the event, and thank thank you you. for introducing us to Moore. Thank you very much. It is a a Thursday morning. Plenty more coming up if you keep it right here at JM in the AM, America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County now at 91.9 on the FM dial and around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. ORG.
And that's him with Yigdal from the CD entitled Leap of Faith here at JM in the AM. Five minutes after 8 o'clock, good morning. Thanks for tuning in to 91.1 FM. 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County, now at 91.9 FM. And, of course, around the world on the web, jmam.org. One of our favorite guests, no secret, is the DA of Kings County, Brooklyn, New York. That is uh, D.A. Charles Hines, who is in our studio this morning. Mr. Hines, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you so much, Nakam. It's always good to be with you. And shalom aleichem to you. Shalom aleichem, shalom. <laughs> and we have with us also Hannah White, the indefatigable uh, liaison to the broad spectrum to, uh, of the Jewish community. Hannah's amazing. I thank you for being here. And I, and I joke about shalom aleichem because you, you chided me for not, <laughs> for not responding properly Correct when someone says right. shalom aleichem. So. <laughs> 
I thought I How thought, was your Pesach, by the way? Was it uh, right? Pesach was wonderful. Was good? Wonderful. You like the matzah? Oh, the matzah. I have to get, to get too many matzah. <laughs> really? Are they delivering I, matzah? No, I, I get inundated with matzah gifts. <laughs> I, I thought this morning, you know, there's been so much uh, uh, negative talk in the uh, mainstream media, and, and I really had a, a wonderful 48 hours that I'd like to share with your listeners. Um, These are visits? Uh, or, uh, visits. Uh, uh, we had a graduation ceremony for our drug treatment uh, recovering uh, drug addicts, uh, which was also a, a graduation for our, uh, the formerly incarcerated. Right. And, you know, there are two, those are two programs that really had nothing to do with traditional prosecution. And it's, as in Brooklyn, as we say, it's not for nothing that Brooklyn in 1990, when I had the privilege of becoming DA, was the fifth most violent place in America per capita. And 13 years later, Money Magazine said it was one of the 10 best places to live. And it's all about, in my view, and, and Ray Kelly and I share this, that we are the safest big city in the United States because of community. Not only communities in the from community, but communities across the city. And in Brooklyn in particular, I, th- I think we have an even more dynamic uh, number of communities who have been very supportive. The uh, uh, One of the things that we contributed uh, in my office was we I became the first prosecutor in the country to offer residential drug treatment right. to drug addicts. I became the first prosecutor in the country to offer a program for people coming home from prison. Both of those programs have been independently uh, and academically validated. Uh, Columbia University had a five-year study of my drug program. They found that uh, 87% of my graduates uh, during that five-year period never went back to prison. 63% were never rearrested. And 91% of that group uh, were employed. They found uh, that the cost of drug treatment was less than half the cost of incarceration, and the recidivism or reoffending rate was cut in half. Uh, that, of course, that program has been replicated throughout New York State, and there isn't a prosecutor's office in the country today that doesn't have resources for drug treatment. And I'm very, very proud of the fact that the leadership in the office uh, has led to 148 drug courts in New York State. As, right. as every one of my 62 or 61 colleagues understand the futility of prosecuting people because of their addiction. And this graduation just took place a couple of days ago, yeah. so the audience asks, where are these graduates tomorrow? In other words, are they now being employed? Are they uh, are the, they in school? Like, what what the, what is the next step with the them? The overwhelming number of both uh, categories, the recovering drug addicts, and the formerly incarcerated are employed above 90%. 90% have jobs. Yes, 90%. And that's, of course, all part of the, of the, uh, the, uh, the dynamics of the program. When people think of the Rockefeller drug laws, you know, they, they don't mm-hmm. think well of Ro- Nelson Rockefeller. What they don't know is that Rockefeller spent millions of dollars trying to figure out what to do with drug addiction. And it, it's always surprising to me that the one component that he never uh, introduced to his, any of the programs he created was jobs tra- job training and job placement. That has been the key of success for the drug treatment program and for the formerly incarcerated. And Harvard University, through uh, Professor Bruce Weston, found that in our reentry program, rather than the national average of six out of ten people being rearrested within three years of release, our program is two out of ten. Uh, and what I was thinking about yesterday uh, after that wonderful celebration by the way the keynote speaker was a young African American minister 
uh, Taka Robinson, who is uh, very well regarded in uh, uh, Bed-Stuy in central Brooklyn. He's my deputy campaign manager. And he had uh, stumbled as a kid, and he gave he had his, spent time in jail. Yes, he did. Ah. And he gave he gave his uh, his story. Know, his story. It was, <laughs> it was wonderful. But yesterday, I had the the, the, the good fortune of visiting uh, Project Safe in the Sephardic community, right, and seeing all of the tremendous. Uh, work that they do with with uh, drug addicts and f- alcoholics and people with uh, gambling addiction. Um, you know, to sit around a table and to meet and, and 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 exchange ideas with people who really get up every morning looking looking to do uh, acts of chesed is just so inspiring to me. And with, that wasn't enough. I went on to to meet with uh, Yerukin uh, Silva. The director of the oh, J- JCC of Borough right. Park, and, and I met with all of the leadership, uh, Rabbi Freilich and uh, Ben Barber, and again an exchange of ideas on their great contribution to the social services of the Frum community in Borough Park. So you know, in the last. 24, 48 hours has been sort of an inspiration to me. No wonder you're walking to say, you shalom aleichem, after spending the day with all the Jewish <laughs> yeah, people. Yeah. I'm back to safe for a moment. Yeah. So, they, do they continue to grow? I mean, are there, uh... yeah, they, they do. They, 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 I think they tell me they train some 3,000 kids uh, a week. Uh, in anti-bullying uh, uh, initiatives and and the d- dangers of drug and alcohol and, and gambling, uh, it, it's really it's really uh, an extraordinary uh, group and run by Ike Dweck, uh, who does such a terrific job, and of course the the JCC. Uh, Borough Park, uh, you know, gets significant support from the Met Council on Jewish Poverty and the great Willie Rapfogo. So can't say enough about Willie. He's no, amazing. Not. He's extraordinary. Um, so what is so often when you walk in these doors, we reminisce about mm-hmm. you know life in a different time, and mm-hmm. you've spoken about your upbringing, etc. Mm-hmm. What is your perspective? on how difficult it is for teens to grow up in this environment that includes, unfortunately, so much going on on the Internet and so much, so many gambling problems and so many abuse problems, etc. I mean, we're, as, as difficult as things were decades ago, mm-hmm. it seems they were simpler times than today, wouldn't you say? It's, it has exploded. I mean, the, the, the danger level has exploded. I mean, just by way of example, I often tell the story that uh, my son Patrick, uh, who's a very, very successful businessman, doesn't practice law anymore. He, he's an executive vice president at uh, 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 the um, uh, Prudential Insurance Company. Yeah, you have a lot of nachas, huh? Yeah, yeah, I have it, a lot of nachas. <laughs> and he's he's also a stern scholar at NYU. Right. Uh, but, he, you know, he I found uh, at a conversation about uh, a computer in my granddaughter's bedroom. And I said to him, are you nuts? You have a computer in, in Shannon's bedroom? It's very, very dangerous. And his reply was, you know, I was an assistant DA in Richmond County, and you really overreact, Daddy. I said, oh, really? I said, I'll tell you what, the conversation has ended. Now I'm going to talk to your mother, my wife. She will talk to your wife, and the computer's going to be out of that. <laughs> and we'll get it done. It was done. But, but what we have now, though, we're up against, you know, the BlackBerry. Right. The iPhone. You, Carrying you, the world around. Yeah, and, and so it's so important. And we, we have a, a, a cybercrime unit that lectures uh, in, in high schools uh, across the county. 
to um, suggest to uh, teachers and to the children uh, to understand that, that, that the, the web is the most exciting education tool, tool ever created. It could be the greatest idea. thing in the world. But it's also so very, very dangerous. Um, and then you have, you know, the other problems with uh, so many kids growing up in single-parent homes, so many kids growing up with double-income homes where, you know, after three after school, many of them uh, are, are wandering around aimlessly. Were it not for places like SAFE and the JCCs and, and, uh, and the rec center in Brownsville, that services maybe 750 children a, uh, a day mm. after school. If it weren't for programs like this, my job would be infinitely tougher because we'd have uh, an increase of kids getting themselves in trouble. Is it difficult for you that people continue to bring up uh, different things uh, and procedures that did or did not happen 20 years ago? Is it... Uh how, how how would you address when people continue in the media? You mentioned this at the beginning of our mm-hmm. conversation. The mm-hmm. media continues to focus on negative things. Yeah, well, yeah, that's what they do, and I I can't account for it. You know, I'm not, I certainly have no, none of us have any control, which is why I, I I have been for seven years a regular guest on your show, a regular regular guest on uh, two separate Russian radio stations, a Chinese station. An Italian station, a Latino station, African American, Caribbean, because that's the way to get beyond the mainstream. That's the way to get an opportunity to talk about positive programs. So, you know, the great Louis Lefkowitz said to me oh, many, many years ago, he said, Don't believe what they write uh, or say about you, good or bad. And he said, If you can learn that, uh, you can rise above any kind of criticism. So. After all these years, I'm still here. I want to remind everybody that on Monday, May 6th, this coming Monday, mm-hmm. Project Eden invites uh, everyone to an important discussion on domestic violence in the Jewish community, the intersection of Jewish and secular law. It's actually going to be taking place in your office. Yep. And the and as funny as this might sound to some of our listeners, the purpose of this get-together is to let people know what a get is, what a Jewish divorce mm-hmm. is, what a rabbinical court's function is, mm-hmm. how all of these things affect criminal and civil cases. Because mm-hmm. for people like myself who've grown up mm-hmm. in this environment, it might be second nature. There are a lot of folks who just don't understand. Right. What, and this has been one of your great focuses since you started out, I, is I, trying to educate people what's going on in each specific community. We, we knew we had a serious problem with uh, domestic violence and that uh, we had to do something to restore Sholem bias and all also, to deal with the reality that children who are not counseled, uh, as I was counseled growing up in that nightmare, uh, will, as they get older, feeling the frustration and anger and fury I felt, uh, will act out and hurt people. So in, in every sense, it's a, a public safety measure as well. But we knew we had problems in the uh, the from community, and, and Hannah White, who's done such an extraordinary job, is the one who suggested Project Eden and suggested a, a batteries program for the Orthodox uh, right. men. And we're very, very proud of, of the way we have expanded uh, our, our resources for the from community. So we'll have a great judge. Esther Morgenstern will be speaking. Uh, we'll have uh, Rabbi Shlom, uh, Shlomo uh, Wiseman. We'll have Kate Wormsfeld. Uh, we'll have our moderator will be Soshana uh, Friedman. And it'll be a wonderful program for social workers and mental health professionals who 
you know, even those who are uh, who are Jewish yeah, they uh, may not know about exactly. It. And certainly, how it works with yeah. civil courts. So a lot of people in our yep. in our community have no yep. clue how all this comes together. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those of you who are in that category, you said social workers, uh, and mental health, uh, mental health professionals. Mm-hmm. Uh, the discussion is for you this coming Monday, nine thirty in the morning at the Kings County DA's office on J Street in Brooklyn, New York. Project Eden discusses domestic violence in the Jewish community. What's a Jewish divorce? The function of a rabbinical court. Yeah. Issues affecting criminal oh, and yeah. civil cases. That's 9.30 Monday morning in Charles Hines, uh, Esther Morgenstern, mm-hmm. Judge Esther Morgenstern, by Shlomo Weissman, Kate Wormfeld, Shoshana Friedman will all be addressing the audience. The phone number for information on this is area code 718-250-2045. That's 718-250-2045. And I should mention, by the way, our yeah. partners in this regard, the Shalom Task Force, right. OHEL, Red right. Council, and the New York... Legal Association group. So some prominent organizations in our community are completely behind this. Great groups. Endorsing the event, and they want to see more of an understanding out there. I mean, you've said this in the past, and it all comes down to education, not just when it comes to uh, uh, what we discussed earlier in terms of uh, people who've had a rough... Uh, beginning trying to find jobs and get out there in the mainstream, but it comes down to education when it comes to understanding communities as well. There, and if people there, can get this stuff straight, mm-hmm. it'll help a lot of folks down the road. There is no question. You know, I, I often tell the story that uh, maybe 15 years ago, there was a, uh, a group of leaders came to my office, uh, including Rabunum and, and other leaders. And uh, it was, you know, I, I learned growing up in that uh, Jewish environment that you never answer a question other than answer answer with a question. So one of the rabbis said, so you think we have a problem with drugs? I said, I don't know. Do you think you have a problem with drugs? (laughs) Well, that led to uh, our supporting the SAFE project. It led to us supporting uh, other uh, from uh, communities with drug treatment because I said, you know, it's the same modality that we have for everybody else will be for the for the from community you got a kid who's strung out in drugs we can help him out but that was the bridge that led us into uh, domestic violence within the community all so. because of communication yeah exactly simple as that yep uh what are the plans for the summer anything major going on in our, I, in our I, city I have something in called a campaign simple as that huh? when now what, what's the story exactly you, I, have two, I have two uh two opponents uh, no, but this is primary or general. It's primary is the you know is that's the election. It, September. Yeah, September tenth is the election. You know, because it, it, and this term would be your it would be my seventh. Wow. Yeah. How are the prospects out there? Oh, I'm, what does Vegas say on this I'm, one? I'm, <laughs> I'm very confident uh, b- because I've I've been in a full time education campaign since November of 2005. You know, I learned in 2004 it's not a very good idea to indict your county chairman or corrupt judges that he uh, was responsible for because they get very upset when you do that. Really? And they came after me with everything they had. And had they moved two and a half percentage points, I would have been gone. So I learned from that lesson. And so, you know, the, the two fellows who have decided to run against me, uh, neither one of whom has any managerial experience. One was a line assistant in Manhattan DA's office. The other was a line assistant in the U.S. Attorney's office in Brooklyn. And I don't think the people of Brooklyn are ready 
to turn over a sixty million dollar budget and fifteen hundred employees to people who've never managed. You know, so I'm, I'm very confident. What was the margin of victory last time around? Or there was no opponent. Uh, no opponent last. There was no. Oh, no, it's the only way to run. By the way, democracy <laughs> is not all. It's you not, think that's that, the best way to spend your summer way. when it's there's the no opponent? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm looking. I look. I, it's uh, it's going to be. I, it's a uh, it's a race, and you have to raise a lot of money. And I've done that. I have a, a great campaign staff. Uh, and, you know, I'm very, very confident. But, I, but I, I need the help of everybody in Brooklyn. So, Who is noted as your the leader of the campaign? Who would we call the leader oh, of the uh, campaign? Uh, the, 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 the campaign manager is Dennis Quirk, who is the uh, president of the New York State Court Officers Association. My deputy manager, campaign manager is this young African-American minister. And then I have George Oats, who is the... Uh, Executive editor of the New York Post. Right. He's my communications director. I have a guy named Scott Levinson, who's a well-regarded uh, uh, political consultant. So it's a good team. You're very, happy very with solid. the team. Yes, very happy. Well, good luck, DA. Thank you. Hope Thanks it is. A, hope it's a peaceful summer for you. Well, it'll be peaceful. <laughs> so nice to see Thanks you. Thanks so much for joining us. Zagazut is right. The DA of Brooklyn, New York, Charles Hyde's on a Thursday morning at JM in the AM. Yeshua, 
J.M. in the A.M. I don't know what happened with the beginning of that song, but the second half was certainly good. Yigdal done by 6.13 here on a J.M. in the A.M. Thursday morning, 25 minutes after 8 o'clock, Thursday, May 2nd, the 22nd of E.R. Today's day 37 in the counting of the Omer. That's day 37, if you forgot to count last night. Make sure to do so sometime today. Great programming on our stream all day long. Make sure you're with the stream all day long. You'll be so glad. You'll be so happy, let me tell you. Mark Zamek has chosen a double album of the week for 9 o'clock this morning. Safam On Track and Safam Encore. Both. Uh, this morning, uh, between 9 and 10 Eastern Time on our stream at jmnam.org. I'm going to be doing a live lunch. I'm going to be openly appealing. I'm going to be openly appealing during our live lunch today for listeners from Europe to call in. I don't know if it'll work. We'll see what happens. We have been getting a tremendous number of European listeners in touch with us uh, during the day uh, by email, etc. And I want to see if we can get uh, at least one of them to call in. I'll ask some of my intriguing questions about whatever town they're from. Uh, so we'll see if we, if we can get that done during our live lunch. Miriam L. Wallach is coming up with uh, That's Life. She'll be discussing... Um, She'll be discussing uh, with Ruchi Shoritz of um, of Sharsheret, <coughs> excuse me, uh, a different uh, a topic of conversation than she uh, normally would with Ruchi, and that is a project that uh, is being has been undertaken to um, restore Sifrei Torah for the IDF, restoring Sifrei Torah for the IDF. So that'll be coming up uh, today between two and three. Rumor has it that Avrami is sitting in for uh, Randy on something to talk about between three and four p.m. today. Michael Fragan uh, tonight six p.m. will discuss with um, Assemblyman Phil Goldfeder six months after Superstorm Sandy. He'll also have on Met Council CEO Willie Rapvogel, who we just mentioned in our previous conversation, and uh, they'll consider the Bush forty-three years with Tevi Troy and how to handle a political crisis with Matthew Hiltzik. It's all coming up with Michael Fragan, 6 p.m. tonight on the spin class uh, on jmandtheam.org. So there's a lot of great programming tonight. Ellie Hagler will have the Jewish Reaction Show. Book of Life with uh, Charlie Harari is coming up at uh, at 9 o'clock tonight. Uh, Charlie's going to be speaking with Tamir Goodman, who you may recall at uh, one time was one of the most well-known basketball players in the world that would be a uh, that would certainly be a um, an accurate statement uh, so they'll be discussing uh, life and basketball and meeting challenges and excelling that's all between 9 and 10 tonight uh, with Charlie Harari and Book of Life on the stream at org. so a lot going on make sure to be tuned in all day long keep it on our stream and enjoy. JM in the AM, 47 degrees, sunshine and a high of 72. 82 in Yerushalayim, 47 here on a uh, JM in the AM 
uh, Thursday morning. Malcolm Honline tomorrow. We will explore the uh, events of the last couple of weeks and what we call the weekly update. Malcolm Honline tomorrow, the weekly update, 7.40 in the morning here at JMD. I want to thank Tom Steinberg, who was with us earlier, one of the founders of Ma'ar. Their event is May 12th at MetLife Stadium. If you missed any of it, head to the archive section later on of jmnam.org for all of what happened this morning at JM in the AM.
a.m. in the a.m. That's the uh, Yisrael Werdiger selection. Um, officially entitled Yisrael Biachan. Hey, our friends at NORPAC remind everybody that this coming Wednesday is the mission to Washington. Wednesday, May 8th, you get an opportunity to advocate for a strong U.S.-Israel relationship by heading with NORPAC to Washington. I am proud to say that this area, the um, NORPAC uh, geographic area, is sending close to 1,000 people to Washington this coming Wednesday. And Dr. Schlussel informed me that there is a chance, today is the last day for official registration, so please pay careful attention, there is a chance that they could actually exceed the number 1,000, which would be amazing. Those of you out there, adults and students, who have considered going to meet in small groups with members of Congress to enjoy the luxurious round-trip transportation and all the meals provided by NORPAC, if you have um, envisioned yourself being there and spending Wednesday Yom Yerushalayim in Washington advocating for Yerushalayim in Israel, uh, then this is the opportunity. The mission to Washington from NORPAC takes place on Wednesday, May the 8th. We're encouraging everybody on this final day of registration to uh, consider going. There may be some students, maybe some seniors out there have a little bit more free time. Maybe it's a perfect opportunity for you. Call the number at 201-788-5133, or go to the web, norpac.net, norpac.net, and uh, check it out. Don't forget, next week we'll be in uh, Jerusalem. We will be uh, hosted by our friends at Crib Efrat, by our friends at Amuna, by our friends at Armeir Ubracha, who I'm sure are getting ready for a, a tremendous distribution on the Shabbos before uh, Shavuos. And we'll be, of course, with our friends at Beit Road. Where better to be on Yom Yerushalayim Wednesday than in Beit Road in northeast Jerusalem, the site of one of the key battles, one of the key entry points uh, to Harabayit, during the 1967 war, we get to enjoy the amazing guests and the incredible spirit of Jerusalem at Beto Road on Wednesday morning, the centerpiece of our trip to Jerusalem next week. So make sure to join us next week as we broadcast from Israel. And certainly don't forget to tune into our Yom Yerushalayim special directly from Yerushalayim, which will be pretty amazing. want to again wish a mazel tov to all the honorees last night at the Ritz dinner. Uh, Rabbi Hyman uh, and Arbusfeld, Rabbi Herschel Schachter, Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler. All recognized last night at the Reitz dinner in New York City. Mazal Tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. I want to give a special shout out to the Yavne Academy every year, and and I apologize that I'm not able that that again I'm not able to make it because of my schedule today. But every year, uh, Yavne sends me this uh, beautiful uh, personal invitation to be part of their uh, to come in and and, and uh, be inspired by their uh, annual Holocaust Memorial Program. And tonight, that program uh, from the Avna Academy is happening at the Teaneck High School uh, this evening. Their eighth grade, as uh, Rabbi Burstein and Rabbi Knapp uh, indicate in their letter to me, their eighth grade spends four months studying the history of the Holocaust, the cause, effect, tragedies, heroes, nightmares, inspirations. Students are sensitized to the era through theological, historical, and psychological discussions. And uh, they have really an amazing program that comes from all of this. And um, and um, every year they send me a uh, a wonderful 
invite to be at this event. Unfortunately, I cannot be there, but I just wanted to recognize. And first, I want to thank them. I want to thank them for the uh, for reaching out to us and wanting to include us in the um, in the audience. Uh, but I want to just uh, thank Rabbi Burstein and Rabbi Knapp uh, for uh, holding a very important program and um, uh, using uh, using a drama and theater and production to uh, assist the students in gaining a tremendous amount from our history. So good luck tonight. Their Holocaust Memorial Program is this evening. A special shout-out to Yavna Academy and their 8th uh, grade from all of us here at JM in the AM. 22 minutes before at 9 o'clock. Album of the Week coming up at 9. Pay careful attention all day long to our Facebook update page, Jewish Radio World with Nachum Siegel. Pay careful attention to our Twitter feeds at Toll Jewish Radio and at Nachum Siegel Net. Tomorrow we'll do our um, our weekly update. 7.40 in the morning, we'll go through the events of this week. Malcolm Honline will join us, and we will discuss as much as possible in the time allotted. Make sure to join us for that right here at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. That's uh, the amazing eighth day with its Shabbos now off of the Chasing Prophecy CD. Uh, before that, you heard the uh, selection from Avram Rosenblum, Imesh Gachech Yerushalayim, as we get closer and closer to Yom Yerushalayim, and we'll be in Israel broadcasting next week and getting ready for an amazing Yom Yerushalayim special in the Holy City. Uh, that is Imesh Gachech Yerushalayim. Eitan Katz before that with the Hualokenu here at JM in the AM. Uh, six minutes before 9 o'clock, day 37 in the counting of the Omer. Our schedule next week will take us to our friends at Crib Efrat in Yerushalayim, our friends at Amuna, our friends at uh, Ormeir Ubracha, and of course our friends at Beit Road, where we're going to be spending on Yerushalayim. Make sure to be tuned in all next week here at JM in the AM. And get ready for great programming from Israel, an amazing Yom Yushalayim special. Very much looking forward to it. Uh, tomorrow, it's uh, Malcolm Holmline. He'll join us for the weekly update as we review the events of the last couple of weeks. Make sure to join us at 7.40 tomorrow morning for the weekly update. Great schedule of programming on our stream today at jmtheam.org. Make sure you're with us the entire day. Amazing um, uh, programming on our stream. Uh, coming up next, you'll hear the album of the week. That's Safam, as prepared by Mark Zamek, and I thank him. Uh, I'll be doing a live lunch at 12 noon. Pay careful attention to our Facebook update page and Twitter feed, and you'll be up to date on everything happening all day long. Uh, folks like Miriam L. Wallach and uh, Ellie Hagler and Mayor Fertig and Michael Fragan and Charlie Harari, all part of today's schedule. Keep it at jmnam.org all day long. More coming up. Keep it here at JM in the AM. <laughs> Shine, 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 shine,
Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard a listener sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, around the world in the web, jmtheam.org. That'll wrap up a great Thursday here at JMN. My thanks to D.A. Hines. My thanks to Tom Steinberg. My thanks to all of you. To, don't forget, all day long on the stream, amazing programming coming up. Thursdays are extra special at jmnam.org, so keep it here all day long. Tomorrow we're back starting at 6 a.m. Malcolm Holmline with the weekly update and plenty more. Make sure to join us for that. And then next week, please God, from the Holy City of Jerusalem. Have a fabulous Thursday. Till tomorrow, Malcolm Siegel reminding you, remember to past, live the present, and trust the future.